Today on Locked On A's, we're talking about the A's series against the Mets, and DeGrom went down. We're going to have a celebration about that. And then the A's have two new guys on their roster that I'm intrigued by, and we're going to talk about them. And then finally, it is time for everybody's favorite win of the week. Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 461 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, the A's won a game over the weekend. It was a pretty solid week for the A's overall, so we're going to talk about that. And then we're talking about Connor Capel and Ernie Clement being in the green and gold. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up with win of the week, talking about the series coming up against the Los Angeles Angels. How many games are the A's going to win there? How many games do the A's need to win to not lose 100 games? We're going to talk about all of that stuff today on Locked on A's. And also, thank you so much for making Locked on A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. One of those platforms is YouTube. So make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, just join our Twitter community. It's a party over there. There's lots of good people talking A's baseball, post some stuff, have some fun, make some friends. That's what the Twitter community is all about. But let's get into today's episode. And the A's only lost two of the three games to the Mets over the weekend. Uh, Sure, those two losses were blowouts, but so was the win, baby. And with the way the weekend played out, the A's record sits at 56 and 97. So they would need to go 7 and 2 the rest of the way to avoid a 100 loss season, something that has not been done by the Oakland A's since 1979. So hoping to avoid some history, but they got some divisional foes coming up over the next uh, week and a half here. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, this Saturday game against Jacob DeGrom, it was the first time that DeGrom had ever faced the Oakland A's. And honestly, after seeing him struggle with his command and give up five runs on six hits and four walks in just four innings, I don't see what all the hype is about with this guy. This guy's the perennial Cy Young contender. He looked like crap to me. This DeGrom guy is just awful. Oh my God. Anyways, a big shout out goes out to Ken Waldachuk, who notched his first big league win in his fifth big league start. That is that is impressive. It's always, you, you want to stop and give everybody some golf claps for when they get one of those milestones, their first home run, their first win as a big league pitcher, their first save, you know, little things like that. Those little victories that are personal. You, you want to shout those out. So shout out to Ken Waldachuk for getting his first big league win. And while he struggled in the first, giving up three runs, including a bomb to Pete Alonso, which I said, hey, if he's not 
if he if his command isn't there, Pete Alonso is going to make him pay, and then he didn't. That sucked. Um, but he settled down after a chat with manager Mark Kotze and allowed just one run the rest of his day. And that one run was the first career homer for highly touted Mets prospect Mark Vientos. And I guess uh, congrats to him since I just did that whole spiel about how we call people out for their their first and whatnot. So congrats, I guess. But anyways, uh, b- back to Ken Waldachek here. To be down 3 nothing after the first three outs of the game, knowing that Jacob deGrom is the opposing pitcher has to be a sinking feeling, but he rebounded nicely, and I have to give him huge props for only allowing two hits in the final four innings. He also hit Mark Canna, but that's like a rite of passage. That was, that was fine. And also, I think that the A's going out and scoring some runs in the first inning probably helped calm those nerves and he's like "Eh, it's a it's a nothing nothing game right now what let's go see what i can do against this guy and he he got the best of jacob Degrom. i mean the a's offense also helped but he beat jacob Degrom in his first big league win that is great stuff the the sky's the limit now so go ken waldachek and then on sunday uh max scherzer didn't want to suffer the same fate as jacob Degrom at the hands of the a's so he went out and dominated him the mets the mets won uh, 13 to 4 it was a very lopsided loss for the a's but i also wanted to point out that scherzer had been rolling coming into the start in the final two innings of his start against the nationals before he went on the il uh earlier this month he worked uh, two three-up, three-down innings. So he'd been perfect for two innings. And then, in his first start back from the IL on last Monday a week ago against Milwaukee, he went six perfect innings. And then the A's, uh, they, they put a stop to that. They didn't let him get that perfect game because uh, Sean Murphy doubled, and that was great. But uh, the A's got four hits and a walk off of him. Seth Brown took him deep. And so while they were far away from a win over the Mets and a win in the standings, but it wasn't his easiest start of the season either. And to do that after they beat up on DeGrom, that's that's something. They got four runs in the game. Granted, three of them were against Seth Lugo. But what? who cares? It was a game started by Max Scherzer. That's what counts. And uh, Seth Brown just continues to roll this season. And he blasted off on home runs 20. 24 and 25 over the weekend and since the all-star break he's hitting 261 a very respectable 261 for seth brown who i believe is like a 220 hitter generally in his career so that's a a, a nice surprise a 261 average for a half a season that's not bad then he's also got a 358 on base which is outstanding this is seth brown you guys the 30 year old guy dad dad magic is uh it's real obviously the podcast is infinitely better since the kid came around uh and then he also has a 912 ops and here's where i think that uh, you, you got to start taking seth brown a little more seriously it's because that ops ranks 15th in all of baseball in the second half he's right behind julio rodriguez the the rookie wonder kid from uh, Seattle. We've seen him play a lot. He's very good uh, and it's also just ahead of uh some guy named mookie betts and also Pete Alonso. He's ahead of those two guys and just behind the rookie Julio Rodriguez. That's one heck of a half of a season if I've ever seen one. And the last thing to touch on here is that I've been hyping up Jared Koenig as a potential reliever next season because of the work he's been doing in relief of late. And uh, Sunday did not go his way. The Mets tagged him for six runs in three innings and he gave up six, or sorry, eight hits. He gave up eight hits 
in those uh, three innings. Obviously, that stat line sucks, but it's not what I wanted to mention. I also noticed that he wasn't getting the same velocity bump on Sunday that he ha- that he did in his last timeout when he was up 2.6 miles per hour over his season average on his sinker. On Sunday, he was up just seven-tenths of a mile per hour. So roughly two miles per hour less is what we're going with. 1.9, but two. Let's let's call it two. And they that may have something to do with the quick turnaround time in between this outing for him and his last outing. Uh, so before his three innings against the Yankees, which was his first relief appearance, For the Oakland A's, Uh, he had four days of rest and then pitched on the fifth day. For his three innings against the Astros, he had five days of rest and pitched on the sixth day. And then uh, against Seattle, he'd had the same five days off, pitched on the sixth day. For this outing against the Mets, he had two days of rest and then pitched on the third day. And you got to think that maybe... This is a trial run to see if he could be a legitimate bullpen weapon for the A's next season. And they want to, if you're, you know, holding a guy in reserve for six days to pitch three innings, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So they're like, hey, can, can we do this every three days, maybe? And th- these were the results. I, I think that he'll get another, if this was, in fact, a trial run to see how he could be potentially utilized next season, I think he gets another crack or two at this before the end of the season. But uh, first impression, not great. So we'll see. Uh, Maybe I'll have to remove Jared Koenig from my 15-man bullpen and uh, start from square one yet again. But uh, coming up on the show, we were talking about Connor Capel and Ernie Clement because they're both uh, somewhat similar. They've had different results so far, but they're similar-ish players, and the A's went after them for a certain reason. I'm going to tell you what it is here in just one minute. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And as a job seeker, I don't want to be applying for jobs that I'm not qualified for. I like having people just pick me out uh, by my resume, and that's where LinkedIn Jobs is very, very helpful. Uh, All you got to do is just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community. It's a great time. Post some links in there for some articles that you like. Start a discussion. Make some friends go wild in the Twitter community. But uh, let's talk about Connor Capel and Ernie Clement because Connor Capel, he had a game on Saturday against Jacob DeGrom and the Mets. He went three for five 
with his first home run in an A's uniform. So shout out to that. Uh, not first career home run, but just first home run. Shout outs galore for Connor Capel on that one. And uh, just the second home run of his career. So that's why he's getting these. If, if like Albert Pujols had come over and like hit a home run after hitting 700 with, uh, you know, various teams. Uh, no. I'm not getting him, giving him a shout-out for his first home run in green and gold. I don't care. No, no, but Connor Capel, he's only got two. He's only got two. So uh, there you go. Connor Capel, shout-out. It's a very rigid system that I have, you guys. <laughs> uh, he also added a triple and a single in that game, driving home four and scoring two runs for himself. Uh, he was claimed off of waivers from the Cardinals on September 9th. So he is former... Uh, teammates with one Albert Pujols, and uh, obviously Albert has taught him his ways um, in, in the home run hitting art form. Uh, so he was claimed off of waivers from the Cardinals, sent to Vegas, and then promoted to Oakland on September 20th and played in the last two games of the Mariner series earlier this week. Uh, in nine games in St. Louis, Capel hit just 179 with a 211 on base and a 564 OPS. Uh, his three hits on Saturday matched his entire total in the nine games that he played with the Redbirds. So uh, he's doing pretty good for the A's so far in, in, in less time played already. So good for him. Uh, in AAA with St. Louis, Capel had a strikeout rate of just 16.4%, and he had a walk rate of 13.3% in 87 games. Uh, while he's 25 years old, he was still a year younger than the average player in the International League. Uh, so that's these are all very good signs to, hey, this is the kind of hitter that he is. But uh, in fairness, I will say that he did spend most of the 2021 season in AAA, and he did have a brief look at the level back in 2019. 2020, there was obviously no season, so that doesn't count. Uh, so this is hardly uncharted territory at the AAA level. So maybe his familiarity with AAA is what led to some of that stuff. So uh, I think that this is kind of the beauty of the A's position this season. Obviously, they're they only they need to go seven and two to avoid a 100 loss season. So that's not the beauty. Uh, but the beauty is uh, wins and losses don't matter right now. So they can claim a guy like Connor Capel and just see what he's got for a couple of weeks. See if he can turn into a a solid major leaguer, maybe a fourth outfielder, maybe a starting outfielder in 2023. Let's see what he's got for a couple of weeks and then bring him back see what happens, you know? And they have the ability to give him playing time to find out what kind of a player he can be and then assess him after a longer look than the Cardinals were able to because they're trying to make a playoff run. They're trying to win a World Series. The A's are doing the exact opposite right now. So... This is, you pick up other people's garbage, and then sometimes you find treasures. Maybe Connor Capel is a treasure. Um, that also goes for uh, Ernie Clement, who was claimed off of waivers from the Guardians just a few days ago on September 23rd. Uh, Clement has spent a good amount of time in the big leagues this season, getting into 64 games, but receiving just 145 at-bats, which isn't a lot. That would lead you to believe that he's actually a defensive replacement a lot of times. Uh, in that time, he, uh, and by that, I mean uh, 64 and 60 and 145, that's like two per game. That's not enough. Usually you'd have three or four, therefore, defense. 
that's just the math that I'm doing. I could look it up probably, but I didn't. Um, but in the in those 64 games or 145 at bats, he was hitting 200 on the nose with an on-base percentage of 264 and a 485 OPS. Not exactly the most sterling stat line, but the A seem to be targeting a certain type of hitter in recent weeks, and those are guys that don't strike out at a high clip somewhere in the mid-teens generally. So I, I know Dermis Garcia is still on the club, and his uh, he, he's got a 43.2% strikeout rate. I know that. That's like almost four times, not, not quite four times, some of these guys, but uh, it's a lot higher than some of these guys, but he's got some pop. And uh, hey, let's see if he can if he can get better, because he has before. 29.9 is that magical clip for him, I believe, and so let's see what he can do next season. But Clement, like Capel, and Jordan Diaz, Tony Kemp, and Vilmiel Machin do not strike out a ton, and this is a, a large part of the, the lineup right now. That's five guys. That's five guys that you're probably going to be seeing more often than not in a lineup the, the last week and a half of the season. And uh, that's that's interesting to me. On the season, Clements has only struck out 14.9% of the time, which is pretty solid. I'm Obviously, uh, he's not hitting the ball terribly hard. Uh, his average exit velocity is like a mile per hour lower than the average uh, uh, in Major League Baseball. But... Hey, makes contact. Let's see what can happen here. Let's see if you can uh, get him to hit harder balls. I don't know. <laughs> hit it at a higher launch. You know, launch angle is not going to really help him if he's not making hard contact. So, hey, work on his timing a little bit. See what see what you can do with Ernie Clement. See what happens. I don't know. It it costs basically nothing to see if Ernie Clement can turn into something. So, is he going to have run for next season as well? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it, it depends on what he does the next week and a half. Uh, defensively, though, he has been solid at both second and third, according to outs above average on Baseball Savant, collecting two outs above average at each second and third. Uh, according to defensive runs saved on fan graphs, though, Clement still grades well at third base, but is subpar at second base. So he could play either position, but maybe you want him at third base since they agree that he's a good third baseman, and we'll see how he is at second base. Um, and second and third base, if Clement is still around, are going to be very interesting positions for the A's to address this winter. Do they feel good enough with their in-house options like Clement and Diaz and Kevin Smith and Vimeon Machin and even Tony Kemp play second base sometimes? Or do they subtract from that list and add new names to the player pool? Uh, we're just going to have to wait and find out on that front. Uh, but the type of hitter that the A's seem to be targeting of late is pretty clear. It's guys that aren't striking out a lot. And uh, it's guys that are, you know, able to work some walks. They're able to get on base. You know, it, very early money ball-esque. And then you got a couple of boppers in there. You got your Seth Brown with his 25 home runs. You got Dermis Garcia with his high strikeout rate, but his incredible power. You got, you know, currently Sean Murphy in there, who's a little bit of everything. He's solid all the way around. Uh, Shea Langoliers looks pretty good. Um, they, they've got some pieces here and there. Let's, let's see what happens. Maybe they're going to go the, the Cleveland route. Uh, Cleveland Notably, does not strike out a lot. They don't score a lot of runs, but they get a lot of hits and they don't strike out a lot. So maybe that's the way that the A's are going initially. And then they'll add some guys through the system like your Zach Geloffs, your Tyler Sodas rooms, see what happens there. Uh, but hey, 
days could be interesting in 2023. I'm calling it now. They, they might be interesting. They might not be a playoff contender just yet because, you know, the playoffs. But all, all I got to do really is go like 500 to make the playoffs right now. So can they go 500? If things shake out well, sure. Am I expecting everything to go perfectly? No. So they're probably going to be like a mid-70 win team. But that's still roughly a 20-win improvement on this season, and they're going to be fighting for something, maybe, into September. So we'll find out there. But uh, again, it, there's going to be some some intrigue with second base and third base going into next season. I'm going to be doing my very early opening day roster projections before too long. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast. But coming up on the show, we are doing win of the week. You're not going to want to miss that. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And also, if you could, please leave us a five-star review wherever you like to hear podcasts. That's very helpful to us. It makes me happy when I'm like, hey, we're doing pretty good on the charts. Not only in Germany and you know Britain and other places, Japan, we're big in Japan, uh, but also in the United States of America, I would love to be higher than like 200th in America. That'd be great. Uh, so five stars, please. Uh, anyways, let's get into win of the week. <laughs> uh, Monday, it's the last off day, off day of the season. So uh, that sucks. Just wanted to mention that real quick. But Tuesday, the A's are going down to Anaheim for a quick three-game set against the Angels. Uh, Tuesday, we got James Caprillion going against Patrick Sandoval. And the 25-year-old lefty uh, of the Angels, he is 6-9 on the season. And he has a 3.01 ERA overall. And he has a 2.13 ERA in his last seven starts. Dude can pitch. He's been solid. Uh, he's started twice against the A's. Both of those were in the middle of May. I think they were back-to-back starts as well. Uh, he went six and a third and seven and a third innings pitched and gave up one run each time out. That's the bad news. The good news is that the A's offense feels a whole lot different now. Uh, Dermis Garcia is a monster. Jordan Diaz is a week into his big league career and is batting 400. Dude can hit. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly intrigued to see how they do against a guy like Patrick Sandoval this time around. Because last time, it was like Christian Bethencourt, who was fine. He was good. You know, whatever. But uh, also, they, they had the Stephen Biscottis and the Elvis Andruses and, you know, those guys. Um, I want to see what this group does against a guy like Patrick Sandoval because it's what's his game plan going to be? Is he going to be shaking in his boots when he's facing Dermis Garcia? Also, Dermis Garcia against lefties, I, I don't know what his stats are, but it feels like he's going to crush one against Patrick Sandoval, so I'm just going to go ahead and call that now. Uh, but in his, let's get back to this specific game. In his last two starts since returning to the rotation, James Caprillian has been solid. He has tossed 13 combined innings against the Astros and the Mariners, allowing all of two runs total. Uh, I think the A's take this one just because I don't know that Patrick Sandoval is going to be too busy shaking in his boots to be throwing effective pitches. Uh, heck, they beat DeGrom. Who the hell is Patrick Sandoval? I, I know who he is, but for for the... Take the first audio and leave this part out. <laughs> but yeah, they, they just beat the ground. I'm flying high. Patrick Sandoval is going to get uh, really hurt. He's going to have like a 10 ERA 
for the season by the end of this game. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to Wednesday's matchup because Adrian Martinez is going against Michael Lorenzen. In three September starts, Lorenzen has an ERA just over four, but you're probably looking at roughly five innings pitched with three earned runs allowed and a couple of free passes. So we'll see how it goes. He's not going to go deep. Can the A's beat the Angel bullpen? Probably. Uh, if Lorenzen isn't super sharp, should they have a decent chance? Yeah. But it's also Adrian Martinez, who has been very hit and miss of late. Sometimes hit and miss in the same game. So it's going to depend on what Adrian Martinez is doing in this game, I think. But with a patient approach, they may be able to do some real damage against Lorenzen. He hasn't been great overall this season. He's been a little bit better of late. Uh, but both pitchers could get blown up in this one. Or they could both pitch fairly well. Uh, I think the A's take this one just because uh, they're, I, I like their offense. I... I know, I know that the Angels do have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and also Luis Ranjifos, uh, who I'm obviously scared of. But <laughs> but I think that the A's have a better like top to bottom, like full lineup than the Angels. Um, they obviously don't have anybody nearly as good as Shohei Otani or Mike Trout. But hey, on a given night, could Jordan Diaz have a better game than either of those two guys? Sure. Is that a lot of pressure for Jordan Diaz? Of course it is. But I think that that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the A's. I think they take the first two games. Thursday's game. Oh, boy. You got Cole Irvin, who's been the A's best pitcher for most of the season. He's been struggling of late. Going against Shohei Frigate Otani. Um, and if the rotation holds and the Angels plan to just keep pitching Otani for the, the duration of the season, he's also going to be facing the A's twice in a week, because they, they, they get basically the same pitching matchups for next week as well. So uh, this is going to be great. Uh, he has a sub-2 ERA in his last 15 starts. And in those 15 starts, he's faced the A's twice. He got the loss by giving up two earned runs, three earned, or three three runs total. That was the Sean Murphy three-run homer game. Uh, over five and two-thirds innings pitched in one start. And then he got the win going six shutout innings against the A's in the, the next start that he had. So uh, he's pitched well, except for like one pitch against the A's in his last, or in his only two starts this season. Uh, the A's lineup is, again, way different than the one that he faced a month and a half ago. Uh, in his win, in the one that he shut out the A's, Vimeo Machin let off, and he was followed by Ramon Laureano, who's currently on the IL and out for the season, uh, Sean Murphy, Seth Brown, Chad Pender, Tony Kemp, Jonah Bride, Sky Bolt, and then Nick Allen. That was the lineup, and I mean, no shade to anybody, but I, I like the A's lineup a lot better now than that lineup there. So we'll see what happens. Also, Elvis Andrews and Steve Muscati were used as pinch hitters and struck out in their pinch hitting roles in that game. So uh, the, the A's are just better offensively, I think. Uh, it, now, it, compared to themselves from a month and a half ago, not better than Shohei Otani. That, let's be clear about that. It, Cole Irvin uh, ha, has not been pitching well this month, but he is somehow 2-1 and one with an 887 ERA. So he's doing okay. Uh, baseball is just weird like that. He's had a couple of big blowups this month, and that's worrisome for this start against Otani. But if he can keep the Angels to like three runs over six innings, I think the A's have a shot in this one. 
I'm just a little bit worried about what Otani is going to be doing to the A's and at the A's expense. Maybe he just has an Otani game and, you know, cranks a few home runs on his own and then also pitches a, a complete game shutout. Maybe maybe that happens. I don't know. Uh, he is Shohei Otani, and uh, that is something that he does do. But that's all that I got for you guys today. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about the A's 2023 Hall of Famers. We got Jason Giambi and a few other notable names in A's history, including the voice of God, Roy Steele. We're going to have a lot of fun on tomorrow's episode, but uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen today. Now, go make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast, because the most handsome guy in baseball Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor and passion and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on MLB. He's on the Odyssey app. He's on YouTube. He's wherever you get podcasts because he's Paul Francis Sullivan, damn it. Uh, Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm also on those podcast platforms too, so subscribe to Locked on Ace there. I I did a really good job selling his podcast. I should really be like, yeah, and I'm locked on A's, dang it. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.